Welcome to the Good Friday edition of the Prayer Garden. Today we invite you to join us in meditating on the Stations of the Cross, remembering 14 precious moments in the final stage of Jesus' journey. This ancient practice of retracing Jesus' steps is designed to help prepare us for Easter Sunday when Christians celebrate the resurrection. While we often find it helpful to see where Jesus is present in our own lives, the Stations of the Cross are an invitation for us to be present with him in his final hours. Each station will start with a reflection, followed by an opportunity to pray, and a collection of readings that pair with each moment in the story. Now take a moment to find a quiet space as we pray. Lord Jesus Christ, our Saviour and Redeemer, I kneel before your blessed cross. I want to open my spirit and my heart to contemplate your holy sufferings. I want to place your cross before my poor soul, that I may know it a little better, that I may receive more deeply into my heart all that you did and suffered, and that I may realize who it was for whom you suffered. May your grace be with me, the grace to shake off the coldness and indifference of my heart, to forget my everyday life for at least this half hour, and to dwell with you in love, sorrow, and gratitude. The first station, Jesus is condemned to death. Pilate, the representative of worldly authority, capitulated to the mob and condemned an innocent man to death. Jesus submitted to this to establish God's reign of love and justice and to bring us eternal life. Jesus stands in the place of all the world's victims, mute, beaten, tortured and wrongfully condemned to death. Standing alongside him and them, we acknowledge our sins as part of the brokenness and injustice of the world. Pray for forgiveness for all our failures in justice, for forgiveness for the benefits we reap from the misfortunes and exploitation of others, the poor, the underpaid. Pray for the victims of injustice in all the places in the world where oppression and violence rule. Now it was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. He said to the Jews, Behold your king. They cried out, Away with him. Away with him. Crucify him. Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. Then he handed him over to them to be crucified. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shearers is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. We adore you, 
Christ. And we bless you. Because by your holy cross, you have redeemed the world. The second station, Jesus has the cross laid upon him. Jesus' cross is heavy with the weight of all our crosses. He carries the sorrows and wrongs imposed on suffering humanity by sinful humanity, of which my sins are a heavy part. We are called to take up our own cross and follow him on this journey of atonement. Pray for freedom from the burden of our sins, to break the ties which hold us back from God and other people, to place no burdens on others. Pray for the grace to take up our own cross and follow Jesus all our lives. So they took Jesus, and he went out, bearing his own cross, to the place called the Place of the Skull, which is called in Hebrew, Golgotha. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you, because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. The third station, Jesus falls for the first time. The weight of the cross forces Jesus to the ground. The maker of the world has emptied himself of power and falls under the burdens which men and women make for themselves and one another. He feels the helplessness and despair of humanity without God. He feels my helplessness. Pray for forgiveness for all your falls from grace. Pray for compassion towards the failings of others. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband, and he ate. I count on you, O Lord. It is you, Lord God, who will answer. I pray, do not let them mock me, those who triumph if my foot should slip. Though he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death on a cross. We adore you, O Christ and we bless you 
because by your holy cross, you have redeemed the world. The fourth station, Jesus meets his mother. All that is human in Jesus was his mother's gift. Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Now a single sword pierces these two hearts, utterly obedient to the will of the Father. In his desolation, he is strengthened by her solidarity and his suffering obedience. She walks with him the last steps of his journey. Pray for compassion and solidarity with the sufferings of others. Give thanks for the blessing of membership of the church. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is spoken against. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts out of many hearts may be revealed. And he said to them, How is it that you sought me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? Is it nothing to you, all you who pass by? We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you, because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. The fifth station, Simon of Cyrene, helps Jesus to carry his cross. Simon was a stranger coming in from the country, compelled to carry Christ's cross. But St. Mark says he was the father of Alexander and Rufus. They must therefore have been known to the first readers of Mark's gospel. Simon did not choose to help Jesus, but this enforced chance encounter with Christ on the way to Calvary made Simon and his sons disciples. Give thanks for the help and support of others on the journey of life. Pray for the grace to recognize Christ in the people who need our help. Pray for perseverance in faithful discipleship. Pray that our children may keep and pass on the faith. And they compelled a passerby, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus to carry his cross. Then Jesus told his disciples, if any man would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Come to me, all who labor and are heavily laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy 
and my burden is light. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you, because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. The sixth station. Veronica wipes the face of Jesus. Christ's face is disfigured, bloody, defiled with spittle. In pity, an unknown woman wipes it with her veil and is rewarded with the gift of the image of his hidden glory, the face of God himself. God's glory is revealed in our world where we least expect it, in the suffering, the poor, the oppressed and it shines out wherever there is compassion and generosity. Pray for a greater understanding of the glory of God revealed in the face of Jesus Christ. Pray to see the glory of God in the wounded and unlovely. Pray for all who minister to the suffering. Pray for the gift of pity and the courage to act on it. Pray for the image of Christ to be imprinted on your heart. I gave my back to the smiters and my cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. I hid not my face from shame and spitting. He had no form or comeliness that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, and as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. For it is the God who said, let light shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you, because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. The seventh station. Jesus falls a second time. Human beings fall again and again, however good their intentions. We are creatures of the earth, earthy. Remember, man, that you are dust, and to dust you will return. Once again, Jesus enters into our frailty and endures the consequences of our sin, to share and to save. Pray for forgiveness for your many falls, for your failures when others were depending on you. Pray for the grace to rise above failure and walk on in hope. Save me, O God, for the waters have risen to my neck. I have sunk into the mud of the deep and there is no foothold. It is for you that I suffer taunts, that shame covers my face, that I have become a stranger to my brothers, an alien to my own mother's sons. 
I burn with zeal for your house, and taunts against you fall on me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inmost self, but I see in my members another law, at war with the law of my mind, and making me captive to the law of sin which dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you, because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. The eighth station, Jesus meets the women of Jerusalem. The women of Jerusalem were moved to pity by Jesus' sufferings, but he pointed them deeper to their own woundedness and the plight of a world which has condemned itself by rejecting Christ. Easy tears are not enough. We must move beyond sentiment to conversion of heart and reliance on God. Pray for true repentance for your sins. Pray for real compassion which acts in the face of suffering, not sentiment which sheds a tear or a coin and turns away. Pray for all helpless witnesses of cruelty and suffering. And there followed him a great multitude of the people and of women who bewailed and lamented him. But Jesus turned to them and said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming when they will say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bore, and the breasts that never gave suck. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us and to the hills, cover us. For if they do this when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? Thus says the Lord, a voice is heard in Ramah, lamentation and bitter weeping. Rachel is weeping for her children. She refuses to be comforted because they are not. We adore you. And we bless you, because by your holy cross, you have redeemed the world. The ninth station. Jesus falls a third time. At the very foot of Calvary, Jesus falls again and struggles up only so that he can reach the place where he will be tortured to death. We will all face a final journey to our own death. It is Christ's brokenness which makes me whole. With his wounds I am healed. Pray for the grace of a holy and courageous death, accepted from God's hand 
in God's time. Pray for compassion for the dying, for those who care for the dying, and for all those facing the last stages of their life's journey. Pray for those tempted to suicide and self-harm. Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the cock will not crow this day until you three times deny that you know me. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will raise us up that we may live before him. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you, because by your holy cross, you have redeemed the world. The tenth station. Jesus is stripped of his clothes. Christ endures the shame and vulnerability of nakedness as every shred of dignity and protection is torn away from him. Behold the man. We wrap ourselves round with possessions, status, masks and disguises. But under everything, we are all defenseless. Naked I came from my mother's womb. Naked I must return. It is the real human condition we see revealed on Calvary. Humanity, face to face with God. Pray like Christ to surrender all you have and are to God. Pray for true self-knowledge, free from self-deceit and disguise. Pray for a generous and open humanity, unencumbered by useless trappings and possessions. Pray for compassion for those whom life has stripped of basic necessities and of their human dignity. Pray for the victims of sexual abuse and for the perpetrators. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and made four parts, one for each soldier, also his tunic, but the tunic was woven without seam from top to bottom. So they said to one another, let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see whose it shall be. This was to fulfill the scripture. They parted my garments among them and for my clothing they cast lots. Then the eyes of both were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Put off your old nature, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt 
through deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your minds and put on the new nature created in the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. The 11th station. Jesus is nailed to the cross. The hands which shape the universe are fixed to a plank of wood. Christ abandons himself and his freedom, not only to the will of his Father, but to the worst the world can do to him. It is our cruelty to each other which stretches the Holy One on a cross. It is my hand which drives in these nails. The height and the breadth and the depth of this cross are the measure of God's love for us. His arms are stretched out to embrace and intercede. Pray for the tortured of the world and for the torturers. Pray for all in pain. Pray for those nailed to the cross of addiction to drugs or alcohol. Give thanks for the unimaginable love which submitted to such suffering to heal and embrace the world. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that made us whole, and with his stripes we are healed. And I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem a spirit of compassion and supplication, so that when they shall look on him whom they have pierced, they shall mourn for him, as one mourns for an only child and they shall weep for him as one weeps over a firstborn. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye shall see him, every one who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Even so, amen. We adore you, O Christ. And we bless you, because by your holy cross, you have redeemed the world. The twelfth station. Jesus dies on the cross. It is accomplished. In a final act of surrender, Jesus forgives the enemies who have murdered him and breathes out his spirit upon the church. Water and blood flow from his side to cleanse and to nourish all who believe in him. There is nothing to say except Amen before the immensity of this self-giving before the cross, we stretch out our empty hands and thank 
God for his infinite mercy and love. We ask and accept his forgiveness, making Jesus' prayer our own. Father, forgive us. We know not what we do. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. A bowl of vinegar stood there, so they put a sponge full of the vinegar on hyssop and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Since it was the day of preparation, and to prevent the bodies remaining on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day, the Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken, and that they might be taken away. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus, and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. He who saw it has borne witness. His testimony is true, and he knows that he tells the truth, that you may also believe. For these things took place that the scripture might be fulfilled, not a bone of him shall be broken. And again, another scripture says, they shall look on him whom they have pierced. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook, and the rocks were split. The tombs also were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they entered the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion and those with him keeping guard over Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had taken place, they were filled with awe and said, Truly, this was the Son of God. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you, because by your holy cross, you have redeemed the world. The thirteenth station. The body of Jesus is taken down from the cross. Jesus' body is begged by his secret followers from the imperial power which has executed him and is placed in his mother's arms. All the world's sorrows and injustices lie here now, at the foot of the cross. Pray for all who mourn, for the mothers, families and friends of those who suffer any sickness, wrong or oppression, for the dying and the dead. Now there was a man named Joseph from the Jewish town of Arimathea. He was a member of the council, a good and righteous man, who had not consented to their purpose and deed, and he was looking for the kingdom of God. 
This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then he took it down and wrapped it in a linen shroud. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and touched with our hands, concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest and we saw it and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you so that you may have fellowship with us and our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing this that your joy may be complete. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you, because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. The 14th station. The body of Jesus is laid in a tomb. The incarnate word is hastily shrouded and sealed up, a lifeless corpse in a rich man's tomb. On the seventh day of creation, God rested from all the work which he had done. Now in the tomb, the living word of God lies silent in the sleep of death, and heaven and earth are silent all around him, waiting. But this empty dark is the womb of light, and birth a new creation. And on Easter morning he will call to all the dead since Adam, and to us who must also die. Rise up, come, let us go hence. Give thanks for Christ's victory over death, which gives meaning to a world where cruelty Death and destruction often seem triumphant. Pray for the grace to believe and trust in that victory. Pray for the gift of hope in his new creation. After this, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate gave him leave. So he came and took away his body. Nicodemus also, who had at first come to him by night, came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pounds weight. They took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen cloths with the spices, as is the burial custom of the Jews. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden, a new tomb where no one had ever been laid. So because of the Jewish day of preparation, as the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus there. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptised into Christ Jesus were baptised into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, 
we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him so that the sinful body might be destroyed and we might no longer be enslaved to sin. For he who has died is freed from sin. But if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. For we know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. The death he died, he died to sin once and for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you must also consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. So we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We beseech you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you, because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. Let us finish with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Amen.